0: Hello, and welcome back to the Sitting on My Bed podcast. My name is Sincla Klein, and holy crap, it's been um, an eventful two weeks. Um, First and foremost, um, you know, the complete threat and attack on American democracy as we know it, um, in such an insurrection that, you know, anyone with four brain cells could have seen coming as um, our exiting commander-in-chief, has been sowing the seeds of violence and 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 mutiny um, for the last four years. Um, anyone could have seen this coming. I was surprised when people didn't. Like, have you not known Trump to be a an inflammatory, uh, purely anti-American person? The fact that there were people who were trying to fly his banner and proclaim him and his um, ideals and morals um, above America's. It's pure Trumpism is what it was. And as a Jewish person, seeing people in shirts like Camp Auschwitz and six million weren't enough, um, It it's blinding and glaring as to the fact that Trump and his followers are... Racist and sexist and homophobic and anti Semitic and transphobic and Islamophobic, and are just white supremacists and Nazis and terrorists. And it's baffling how anyone could try to explain how the people who have been trying to explain this away for the last four years oh, Trump's not a racist, he's just uh, an American nationalist, or Trump isn't sexist, he's just this or that or the other. Clearly, you can't have one without the other. You can't be a violent sociopath in this way and not also trying to push the white social uh the white nationalist domestic terrorist agenda. And it it's it's so insane how people can still try to support him and still say, oh, maybe in twenty twenty four like no. First off he's the second president to he's he's the first president to be impeached twice ever. And that's because the first time they let him get away. But Democrats flip the Democrats now control the House and the Senate, I think, um, and are will there will be a Democratic president? So now that there is nothing impeding Biden's um, ability to actually put laws into effect, hopefully we can see some change in this country um, that, in my opinion, will be for the better. I know I originally said that I didn't want to make this podcast too political, but this but ignoring this wouldn't be a political ignoring this would be apathetic um in other news a um a big figure in my neighborhood passed away recently um His name was aaron dobin um and he'd been living in this community for over sixty years um My community is a pretty small one it was really um it was a really rich community back in like seventies and eighties and whatnot um They had like a yacht club and they were just really high end um and then it went like it was like more of a vacation spot um and then it went really really down um, very low economy, like, very low class, um, and slowly but surely, since, like, the 90s, early 2000s, it's been building itself back up, and Mr. Dobin's been through it all, he's been a huge member of one of our nearby synagogues, the one I personally am an attendant of, called the Young Israel, um, and he, this synagogue specifically has gone through many changes, different locations, and he's been there through it all, he, I mean, like like being married for 60 years an achievement being having kids for 60 years an achievement he was living here with being married and kids for over 60 years this was his place of residence this was his habitat his living space this was his life and now he's gone it's really sad he was a big big member of our community he was a surrogate grandfather to generations of kids um I personally had the um the privilege of sitting next to him during services um and it's sad to see him gone um so rest in peace mr aaron dobin you will be dearly missed um in other news um like i mentioned last episode um i babysat for a family for a full week from uh, i went to their house wednesday january the 6th um i officially started working quote-unquote January the 7th, and the parents came home January 14th. Now, I was supposed to be up at six thirty, six forty-five, in order to get start waking the first grade twins up at 6.55 in order to get them dressed and ready for school because the parents warned me that they move slowly in the morning. So I set my alarm for 6.30, and I promptly fell asleep after I went off on the first morning and did not wake up again until again, 7.25, which was bad. Um. So first thing I had to do was get the kids up. I had to bribe one of them with $10.00 thankfully these kids are rich so you know ten dollars doesn't mean a whole lot to them so he never asked for it again um uh, second thing i did was set two more alarms for the morning six thirty, six forty five, and 655 um and thirdly i started learning like the kids habits and you know minutia and slight quirks and whatnot um i had to thankfully the parents had um meal prepped dinner like everything was in the freezer except like one night I had to make a pot of noodles, which I know how to do. Um, Sunday normally they make they make pizza, but they did not have enough dough, so I had to go and pick up pizza, which wasn't a big deal. They left me in their car, so I was able to use it um, for errands and driving the kids to school in the morning. Um, the but breakfast and lunch I had to prepare every day in advance. You know, I'd ask the twins what they want for breakfast and lunch, and then I would make it that day. Now, the twins were creatures of habit, but also liked to copy each other. Um, you know, one of them, he wanted cheese. He was must have been in the mood. He asked for a bag of shredded cheese for breakfast and his morning time snack and lunch and his afternoon time snack. I acquiesced. I was like, sure, bro, if you want it, if you're going to eat it, it's protein. Go ahead. I don't care. I'm not making you be healthy. I'm not your parent. Whatever. That night, he's like... You know, I kind of got tired of the cheese. I'm like, you asked for it. He's like, yeah, but when I asked for it, I was in the mood for it. When I had to eat it, I wasn't. Which, unfortunately, is a um, is a, a feeling I resonate with. It was one morning in particular where they had asked for pancakes. They, The family had, like, these boxes of microwavable Eggo pancakes. Like, they just put them in a the microwave for 30 seconds, and it's like a pouch of five or something. And I told them there weren't any left. So they asked, oh, could we have offels instead? I was like, sure. But one of them, he went into the garage and found one bag of pancakes. I said, sure, go ahead. Then the other one said, well, I want pancakes too. I said, well, we don't have any more. That was the only bag. He says, well, then why can't we split it? I said, well, that's not fair to him. He found it. and Why doesn't he get the whole bag? It's only like five in a bag. So that caused a whole meltdown. Because of course it did. Why does he get pancakes? But I don't. But I found it. But he wants it. So I wasn't dealing with that. So after I dropped them off at of school, I went to the grocery store and, made, and picked up two boxes of pancakes and a box of waffles and a thing of syrup because they were out of syrup. I wasn't dealing with that anymore. Thankfully, there was only like two more days. That had happened. only like two more days before the parents came home, so I didn't have to deal with it very long. I didn't have to do much shopping, um, but it was still, the whole thing was an experience. The parents were very kind. Um, the payment we had figured out was normally I charge fifteen an hour for babysitting. I said, let's just call it fifty for the day, for the week, let's just say three fifty, you know, seven times 50, 350 great. They said we'll even bump it to four because you're staying overnight. So we'll bump it up to four. Great. Which they paid me. Uh, well they gave me two hundred dollars spending cash for the kids, which I used about one twenty of it, but I told them I used about a hundred except I'm gonna split hairs. And I had already deposited it so I didn't have to pay everything in cash. Um so they gave me the remaining 300 and then they gave me a $60 tip, which was really nice. We had not discussed it beforehand. I mean, I guess that's what makes it a tip. But they gave me a $60 tip, which is not nothing. Like, that's a crazy number. Like, that's another four hours of babysitting. Like, that was really sweet of them. And they said they'll definitely be calling again. So I can't, you know, like, would I do this again for a week? I don't know. Probably not. It was intense and stressful and draining. And, like, I don't know if I could do it again for a week. But for another day and a couple hours... I think I would say yes. Um, in other news, I am getting the first dose of vaccine tomorrow. Um, I live in New York State, and New York State opened up vaccination applicants to education workers, which I am. Um, so tomorrow, well, today when this comes out, Sunday the um, Sunday, the 17th, I will be going for the first dose at about 12.30 p.m. Now, the testing site said, you know, make sure you do not come more than five minutes before your assigned time slot, because there will not be anywhere for you to wait. We will send you away. Like, do not come before then. Um, which, fine, I guess. Like, I guess they don't want people crowding around, especially if it's people coming for a COVID vaccine. Crowding around would probably not be the best thing. Um, and I like to be exactly on time anyway, so it wasn't really a big deal for me. Um... But there were, I talked to some people about it, and there were some people who were like anti getting the vaccine. I was like, what does that mean you're anti getting the vaccine? Like, I've heard of anti vaxxers, but like, you have other vaccines. Why wouldn't you get this vaccine? And they're like, well, why do I need to get it? Like, whatever. And I was like, because we need to get to like 70 to 80% of vaccinated people before we can f- go back to normal, so to speak, before we can stop wearing masks, before we can stop social distancing. Like, it has to be like 80% in order to get herd immunity. So, one person's like, well, I already got it. So, like, when it comes to herd immunity, I'm good already. I said, get the vaccine anyway. Like, what's wrong with you? And one person, she's like, I- I'm just not going to get it. Like, let other p- I'll be part of the 20%. Let other people get 80%. I said, yeah, well, if everyone thinks like that, then no one's going to be part of the 80%. Like, that's really self-centered and self-... Like, if you have the opportunity to get the vaccine and you opt not to without a logical, valid reason, like, you're just being selfish. Like point blank like maybe I'm wrong here but there I can't think of a good reason not to get the vaccine there are no it wouldn't have gotten approved if there were side effects or or unforeseen consequences they didn't make it from scratch they they had to wait 45 days I just saw an interview with Dr. Fauci um, that they had to wait like 45 days to make sure there were no side effects because that's the window within or they had to wait 60 days because 45 days is normally the the window when any side effects occur and they waited 60 days just to be safe and like everything's by the book and you have other vaccines so what on earth are you waiting for like how could you not how could you not want to be part of the solution but are okay with being part of the problem that's the part I don't get that people can just sit idly by and say I'm not going to do what I can to help fix this that's the part that really really irks me. You know, it's like, how dare you? I'm giving a midterm to my students on Monday in the high school. Um, and after that then I'm off for the whole week because it's midterms week and unless you have a midterm unless you're the teacher giving the midterm, you're pretty much off for the week. Um and then right after that I think it's midwinter, so it's a nice little break. Um, and I started getting my textbooks for the next semester. I'm taking two chemistry classes, a comparative literature class, um, a language development class, an English class, and a classic Greek and Latin class, which is interesting, um, I don't know, it fulfills fulfills some requirement, I don't remember off the top of my head, um, but while I've been working, I've also been, you know, still been the on-call sub-slash-tutor for the nearby elementary middle school, um, one of the teachers called me and said that she was going to be out for a few days, and if I could, cover her class so that when she told the principal she was going to be out she would already have a sub i said yeah sure no problem the principal called me and she sounded a little less enthused um the last time i subbed was for a fourth grade class and it was a friday and the kids had been through kind of a uh, rotation of teachers um so they were a bit very rowdy um but this was going to be a monday it was a sixth grade class like i knew a lot of them from camp but at the same time, you know they're sixth graders. I can be a little more stern with them. And so as but like when I don't know if I can with the fourth graders, and also the first day was just proctoring a test. Like it wasn't anything crazy. So the princess was like, "Can you handle it?" Like uh, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like no problem. I'm like got it." She's like, "Okay." So it was two sixth grade periods. Um, the first one was like a three or four out of ten on the Loudness scale, which isn't bad, but uh, during a test, it's uh, during class, but especially during tests, you're supposed to be at a one max, probably usually a zero. Um, and it wasn't too bad, but one of the students asked if he could take the test outside because he was being disturbed. And I said, I you know, I want to say no, like I don't know if you can do that. And he said, Can I go ask the principal? I said, Sure, go ahead. What if I going to say? No. But going to the principal meant that the principal was going to be made aware of the fact that these kids were. Being loud enough that someone had to go out, so she came in and sat through the entire period, and then the next period, she came in and did the same thing, sat through the entire period. Now I was still going around like answering questions, getting on the test, whatever, but it was like she was babysitting me, babysitting them, and it just made me feel like it just made me feel that she felt that I was being incompetent. Like I'm fine as a tutor, but as a sub, clearly that's a no go. Like, it just felt... It felt like she was being led to believe that I couldn't do it. Which I can. Like, any sub or will tell you that the good kids behave their best on the first day. And the bad kids behave their worst on the first day. So, I just wish she could have seen a second day where they aren't as crazy. But that's still a gamble for her to take. And she chose not to take it. Which I can't really blame her for. It was supposed to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, she... There was another teacher out anyway, so she had me give them a free period. She had me supervise them during a free period for that period. I don't know what ended up happening during the period I originally was supposed to stop because then she asked me to, to, to supervise an 8th grade free period. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was, what happened. I don't know what was supposed to happen. I don't know if the teacher came back early. I don't know. Wednesday, she didn't even need me at all. Or she said she didn't need me at all. I have a feeling she asked one of the other teachers to take over, maybe one of the elementary school teachers, or maybe she did herself. I have no idea. But the fact that she felt that she couldn't ask me really, it hurt. Like, I was supposed to do a job, and she felt I couldn't do it. Now, she did ask me to come in to sub for a TA that's going to be out for a first grade, which is fine, but it's still not the first grade teacher. You know what I'm saying? She's asking me to be a TA, which, I don't know, means, like, take the kids to the bathroom or whatever. But, like, I still wish she could see that I could sub as a teacher. I mean, I teach a high school class. I'm not coming in blind. I'm not 17, and I'm not completely inexperienced. I've been a teacher for almost two years now. But, as far... I mean, but it's a much smaller class. It's it's a different group of kids. As far as she's concerned, from what I can tell, I cannot sub. Which which sucks it sucks it sucks it sucks um she gave me a call the other night and she said there's this kid who wanted to get into the regents class but he didn't but he wants to take the region anyway for high school um and the parents don't want him going to blind so i t- gave them your number so they could call you to tutor them whatever It's a great if slash one they call me i'll let you know the details um i have not received a call which to be honest i'm kind of okay with my tutoring schedule is a little busy anyway, it's, I think I mentioned this, but it's Monday, go to one kid, it's Monday, work, go, uh, go to one kid, go to another kid, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, go to work, go to a different kid, who I don't we get paid for because it's a family friend, and then go to one kid, like, there's one kid I go to every day, one kid I go to once a week, and one kid I go to every day, except for when I go to the kid, I go to once a week, like, it's a little crazy, and also, if I'm helping out at the hi- elementary school... And plus the high school, like, my work schedule is a little crazy and kind of flexible. But at the same time, it's very, it's a little overwhelming. And also it gets to be a little repetitive because it's all math. And I don't like math that much. I'm good at math. I can do math. But I don't like math that much. Like, my career goal is to be teaching English. But there's not really a way you can tutor English. Like for the SAT, like people go to SAT prep courses, they teach you what to look for and how to spot patterns um, in the English section of the SAT. But just a regular SAT class, there's no real way you can tutor that per se. Not pro- mostly because um, English is a more subjective and personal class, which is why I want to teach it. I like that aspect of it, but also because there aren't necessarily facts. English as a besides for definitions of certain things like what's a simile what's a metaphor what's irony whatever um it's more can you find the meaning in a story so it's just reading stories and reading stories and reading stories and trying to answer what the test is looking for But you can't really tutor on that per se like you can teach it but you'd be hard-pressed to find an English tutor and I'm not saying an esl tutor i'm not saying someone to teach you the language of english i'm saying someone to teach you the ins and outs of taking the english exam portion of the sat that's you don't really find that so right now my options are limited to math like maybe maybe i could teach tutor science or history maybe but it's history in and of itself again you can't really tutor it's just kind of like these are the facts learn them I'm not sure you can tutor history. Science, it's a bit of factual, but also, depending on which area of science you're concerned, um, there can be formulas to memorize, like physics or chemistry. Uh, I guess you could tutor that. Math is the only one you, you could really tutor, per se, because it's one formula, and you have to go over and go over and go over and explain how it works and why it works. You know, in algebra and geometry and trig, whatever. There's different areas where you can help someone understand how and why it works. That you can't really find it other um in other uh, subjects. Um also just a light note, um the YouTubers Curtis Connor and Eddie Burbeck, I've heard of them, but I never really watched the videos, but they both got recommended to me on the same day from YouTube and I watched the videos and I subscribed to both of them on the same day. They're both hilarious. So if you're listening this far and you're looking for YouTubers, um they're more commentary YouTubers kind of in the same vein as, uh, Drew Gooden, Danny Gonzalez, um, they're great, uh, uh, Jarvis Johnson, um, yeah, they're really funny, Curtis Connor, it's Curtis with a K, and Eddie Burback, good guys, great stuff, all right, that'll do it for this week's episode, um, follow me on Instagram at Simcha underscore Klein, S-I-M-C-H-A underscore K-L-E-I-N, um, or, and or on Twitter, um. Uh, at Samander K. At S A M M A N D E R underscore K. Bye.